Welcome to ADD History. I'm Wilson King, and it seems proper for me to introduce myself and what I'm trying to do with all of this. I believe it is essential for people to know their history, how we got here, why it matters, and how that affects where we're going. Most people don't know this stuff, because many of the people who teach it seem to go out of their way to make the subject as boring as possible. In general, we only run into history as kids, when we are told to sit down, shut up, and regurgitate the right soulless facts on a test. If we didn't memorize the right soulless facts, our parents will be mad and supposedly we'll have no future. That stuff is no fun, so we usually retain nothing aside from being bored and trying to get a grade point average up. Turns out that a lot of interesting stuff has happened on Earth. It's awesome. Humanity has done amazing things to get where we are today, and endured terrible things to survive it. It inspires the soul if it's told properly. Great things have been done by ordinary people, and so can you. This history podcast is made in the spirit of rock and roll. We're here to be inspired by the great deeds of our ancestors, to wonder what the truth might be, and to stick it to the man. History isn't about dates and names. It's about stories that were interesting enough for people to remember thousands of years later. It's about great people standing up for what is right when they might never be remembered, and terrible people gathering powers in ways that they will try to make the world forget. We're not here to waste time. I will tell you the distilled essence of whatever story I'm telling in around 30 minutes. ADD history is about the big picture. Short, fun, and sweet. And I hope it encourages you to take a deeper look into the things that touch you. I'll get into my methodology later. But I'm trying to tell these stories in a way that encourages free thought and inspires meaning in our lives. It seems clear to me that the education system does a terrible job of explaining all of this. Ranging from casual failure to outright lying at omission. Modern education is an industry that is part of a larger system, and all too often their incentives lean more towards making money and producing consumers and taxpayers that don't question things too much. The system is incentivized to not encourage people young and old to think for themselves. Of course, good schools and teachers exist, but I've had them myself and still think of them often. I respect the well-intentioned efforts of students and teachers alike, but it was not my path. I, as may be obvious, was not brought up with a deep love for institutions. I was always almost annoyingly curious and open-minded. I always educated myself on anything I found interesting, which turned out to be a lot of things, and I've really never stopped. My parents were both fairly enlightened people, both working in the music industry, and I grew up in a great place to be curious and open-minded, New York City. Downtown Manhattan, to be specific. Once, at the age of seven, on the way to school in the morning, I experienced a historical event in my neighborhood in a very up-close-and-personal way. I lived near some famous skyscrapers, the World Trade Centers, and somebody blew them up on one Tuesday. I saw some things, and that event resulted in a lot of changes in my life. That's a story for another time, but I bring it up because it allowed me to experience a mild version of what people have been dealing with for the entirety of human history. That experience gave me the tiniest sliver of understanding what it's like to endure something serious. Strange as it seems, I kind of think it was good for me in a way. The world is made of events like these, and as I have grown older, I have made a point to learn our past so I can understand our present. Once one understands the mistakes and triumphs of our past and present, they can start to understand the possibilities of our future. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. You'll hear me reference that theme quite a lot if you stick around. The modern academic study of history has been trying to move from being a wishy-washy study of the humanities to more of a pure science. It is understandable that people would like proven and quantifiable facts to go off in history, 
but it is an almost impossible standard to reach, for reasons I'll be detailing soon. In addition, much of the human element of the story needs to be kind of overlooked in one way or another to accomplish the goal of purifying stories of our past into a science. While there is a lot of benefit to making history more about rationality and logic than emotion, to paraphrase the great Dan Carlin of hardcore history, you'll lose something along the way. If it isn't clear by now, this podcast is not intended to be in the style of academic history. You've likely encountered that brand of history in school, and if you didn't retain much of it, that's because it's often very dry and it would never stoop down to being entertaining. I, on the other hand, am more of a kind of artsy and rebellious guy, with a bit of a flair for the dramatic, and I possess absolutely no concern for being considered respectable in academia. In fact, that is one form of the man that I want to stick it to. The inspiration for this podcast comes partially from my undying love for history podcasts like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History and Mike Duncan's History of Rome and Revolutions. For me personally, it started from unwittingly joining the tradition of oral history. At some point in the last couple years, sometimes while passing around a bottle or something similar, I would find myself telling my friends the condensed stories of those who came before us, and for some reason they rather enjoyed it. I realized at some point that I was, in my own way, sharing history in the way it's been done by most humans for most of time that we've been able to communicate. I wasn't exactly a wise old one-eyed shaman, but I was still often telling stories to my people around a campfire, so it's really not that different of an experience than 10,000 years ago. Thankfully, we have gotten a lot better at fermentation since then. Good alcohol might be part of why my friends found it interesting, but encouragement is good and I'll take it where I can get it. I never went to college, which was something that made people clutch pearls a decade ago when I was 18. Now, avoiding college is slowly becoming accepted by many as a reasonable decision these days. Regardless of my lack of formal education, many of my friends, and a couple of the girls I was having breakfast with for the first and last time, have described me as a walking encyclopedia. Instead of college, I took the money I would have given them and bought a piece of land when I was 22, where I've built a home from the ground up with a little help from my friends. This is in itself a connection to the past, because in spite of power tools and engines making the process a whole lot easier, I learned what it's like to tame a wild land. One of the most powerful learning experiences of my life was living a vaguely 1800s lifestyle for a while. I read books by candlelight and enjoyed the magic of electricity from a little generator for like an hour a day. I shivered when I didn't prepare enough firewood, and I carried water from a stream to take showers and wash dishes. I made sure that those were warm showers as soon as possible, because that's the greatest thing ever and we all take it for granted. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was one of the best periods of my life so far. During that time, I learned many of the skills that have been essential to most of the people who have ever lived on Earth, or their modern counterparts. Eventually, I got bored with listening to music from 1973, or the sound of silence so often, so I constantly listened to history audiobooks and podcasts whenever I was alone. I filled some of the many gaps in my understanding of the human story, believing that knowing it all could help me make the world a better place. It's one of those idealistic ideas that a person can really believe in their early 20s, but in some ways I believe more than ever that knowing and sharing the past will ripple out to make a better future. Having survived and eventually thrived through my pioneer era, I mostly finished my house. In the first couple days of 2022, I finally released an album, which is called The Other Side by Wilson King, and it's available on all platforms, by the way. While I continue to lovingly work on my music, I've decided to further diversify into podcasting. 
Maybe it can make a difference, and possibly an income if I'm lucky. At least it will keep me from focusing on writing a rock opera about the Greek and Persian wars. That's about all that's really relevant about me, and some of the things that aren't. So, here's some methodology on how I'm planning to make this podcast work. Primarily, this podcast is intended to be listened to from the beginning. I'm sure I'll be embarrassed by my early episodes one day, because I have no idea what I'm doing, but I've got a plan. This podcast is designed to be a complete history of Earth and humanity in an insultingly abridged form. By that I mean it's not intended to be insulting or anything, unless I'm talking about some individual who really deserves it, but that it will overlook whole cultures that didn't end up being that important in the scheme of things. I apologize in advance to the Moabites, Burgundy, and countless other tribes of unique people I will never specifically mention. I'm positive they all deserve to be remembered, but if I'm going to tell the story of Earth, I'm going to have to leave a ton of details out. All history is by nature abridged, which is why we don't have many stories that we still tell of Julius Caesar paying his bills. Actually, we really have a lot of stories about Caesar not paying his bills, like a bunch of awesome historical figures such as Thomas Jefferson. Credit cards are, you know, just free money if you don't give a damn, right? Anyway. I intend to make this a complete chronological history of Earth, because that's kind of the only way to understand our complex world holistically. I'm making it short and sweet so it remains entertaining, highlighting the important events and so I don't have to keep at it until I'm 742 years old. I'm doing this so there can be a history podcast that is informative, for people who aren't total nerds like I am, and I hope to maybe make you giggle from time to time. I am taking upon myself the knowledge of our past, to absolve you of needing to know who King Alfred the Great was. Well, I'm probably going to mention him. He was pretty great. I intend to tell the story as far as we know. Napoleon once said that history is lies that we've agreed upon. Supposedly. Actually, he probably said it in French, in different phrasing, if he said it at all. But the point is a pretty good one. Chances are, a lot of what we know about history is probably bullshit. So much of what has happened in the human story has been lost for one reason or another. Civilizations fall, records get burnt, things happen in secret, and I'm sure there's plenty of very interesting things that happened where no one survived to tell the tale. Generally, the farther back you go, the more difficult it is to separate truth from fiction, especially when mythology starts blending into events that probably did happen. Possibly the greatest loss is that so many of our ancestors never wrote anything down, either because they hadn't developed written language yet, or because they were busy surviving their generally brutal existences. To explain that point further, the average person being able to read and write is a pretty recent development. For most of time, you'd have to be pretty well off to have the time to write about history or what is going on around you, and even the people writing had to be inclined to write history in the first place. If you think about it, when's the last time you sat down and chiseled the story of your people onto a stone tablet? If the answer is never, then you're like most people who have ever lived. Most people have always been busy trying to bring home enough calories to survive and keep whatever they had from robbers, pillagers, or governments that were trying to take it. The lucky ones had someone to love them along the way, and that is a great distraction from carving the daily events into stone. Of course, the people who did have the time and means to write history were generally the quote-unquote elites of their civilizations. For example, there's many times where some Roman aristocrat explains how a particular emperor was a moronic, child-molesting, violent psychopath. Casually, they're going to mention that this demon emperor was popular with the commoners. 
This could mean that the commoners were idiots, which is possible. That they were wildly informed, which is pretty likely. Or that the commoners liked this madman emperor for reasons that the aristocrat didn't bother to mention. Then again, they may have just loved bread and circuses, just like we love sports and crappy beer now. There's really no way to tell, because the commoners didn't write that shit down. The aristocrat could have been lying by omission, or it just never occurred to him that what the commoners think had really any importance. Now we live in a time where everyone can share their opinion globally, and if willing, they could be completely informed on any topic. Knowing that, it gets easier to imagine illiterate peasants being uninformed and the powerful editing what happened then and before to fit their narrative. That happens now, and it surely happened then. Those peasants might have had an important part of the story to tell, and their perspective may have often been erased by the history that was written by the powerful. So, given all of those reasons that we don't know what happened, there's also the fact that people have all sorts of reasons to lie about what happened. Winston Churchill once said, History is written by the victors. He probably then chuckled, knowing he wasn't the first person to say that, then sipped his glass of scotch and wrote another line in his book about how he was the good guy. I mostly think he was the good guy, by the way, because he fought some really bad guys and only a handful of completely innocent tribesmen, but we'll get to that later. All that's to say, people have always and forever had reasons to lie about what was going on, what was happening before then, and what was about to happen. Just take a look around right now. No matter where you stand, there are millions of facts and opinions flying around that you are absolutely positive are lies. Even worse, it's very difficult to prove that they are wrong and you are right. And it will be way more difficult to prove who was right or wrong 500 years from now. This is especially true if they win. That was probably more true in the past than it is now, so take every story with a grain of salt. Given all that, I can't promise at any point that I'm telling you the capital T truth of what happened in the stories that I will tell. I'm just going to do the best that I can with as many perspectives as I can. I don't have a time machine, no matter how much I fantasize about it. I've found through observing the past and present that one might do best to have a healthy enough sense of skepticism to be skeptical of skepticism itself, if that makes any sense. For instance, the story of Troy was thought to be a myth until around 1870 when the ruins of what appears to be the city were found. Now we have evidence of the setting of the myth to likely be real. Then we get to wonder about the part of the story that includes a famous warrior, Achilles, who was tutored by a centaur and descended from a god. If the setting turned out to be real, could that character have some truth to him as well? Not far away, and presumably completely unrelated, I would imagine, a place called Gobleki Tepe was found in 1994. It is at least 11,000 years old, made of extremely large rocks, and exactly aligned with the stars like the majority of the really old structures made out of extremely massive rocks. For some reason, it was buried completely and intentionally, and it is so sprawlingly gigantic that only about 5% of it has been dug up. It was only discovered when some sheep herder tripped over it. Whoever buried it did so at a time that respectable historians and anthropologists generally agree that humanity consisted of glorified chimpanzees with fire, mostly because they couldn't prove otherwise. I, on the other hand, have no respectability as an academic to maintain, so I will joyfully include all of the strange, interesting, and contested parts of the story. Honestly, they are often my favorite part. Modern historians are so skeptical of everything that they can often suck all of the fun and wonder out of the subject. 
I'll at least try to let you know if the detail I'm mentioning is the sort of thing that gets professors to fistfight each other. That's actually pretty common. Also, I'll do my best to include both sides of the story as much as I can, even if I prefer one perspective over the other. On that note, I am of the opinion, or perhaps aware of the fact, that people cannot be neutral. Whether it's a news story, the tale of one's ancestors, or the story of people that lived thousands of years ago that has nothing to do with the person reading it, every person, and maybe every life form, will have a side that they like better. It's pretty much impossible to not take a side in some way, because we're all evolved to see things that way. But, you know, I'll make an honest effort to tell both sides. It's kind of my nature to look at things that way. That doesn't mean I won't occasionally mention my opinion on something. I'm actually probably going to do that a lot. But I'll always tell you when it's my opinion. I try to live by this rule. I know I might be wrong, but I'm not lying. So look, I'm not going to meticulously cite every story I tell. It's a pain in the ass, and it's kind of a waste of time for what I'm doing here. Even in school, I was a total troll about this subject, citing myself, dreams, and conversations with homeless people on the occasions that I actually turned in papers. Yeah, my teachers loved me and also hated me. Regardless, my point is not to be 100% accurate. And if you think I'm wrong, good. Go read a book, study it yourself, and draw your own goddamn conclusions. In fact, I want you to do that. If you find something interesting, I'll mention a book, podcast, or bathroom stall graffiti every now and then that is relevant if you want to learn more. If you want to study more to prove that I'm a lunatic, please do. Please, learn something besides video games and tentacle porn. It's good for you, and you can actually keep doing it until you're dead. Anyway, again, I'm putting this together with the intention of making an easily digestible chronological history of Earth. Because it would get very confusing to maintain a chronological narrative of the entire planet at once, it seemed to make the most sense to break up the story by region, adding in and catching up more regions as they come in contact with the original storyline. I'm gonna try to make it make sense, and maintain the continuity of the story in a way that remains entertaining. I'm an American, and like most Americans, I only speak English as of yet. This is relevant because most of the story of Earth has not been recorded in my language, and almost none of Earth's entire written history has been translated into English. It's impossible to deny that English-speaking people find it easier to study from the perspective of Europe, and I am guilty of that. Therefore, I am going to start with the story of Europe, etc., which often includes North Africa and whatever we're calling the Middle East these days, until it makes contact with the eastern side of Asia. That's Genghis Khan. Eastern Asia is a gigantic historical can of worms I'm wildly unprepared for, but I've got time because it only barely starts to make contact with Europe in the 13th century, and it will take a while for me to get there. Sub-Saharan Africa doesn't enter the story until the Europeans start sailing around the world, taking people's shit and telling the locals that Jesus loves them. A little after that is about the time that the Americas enter the picture. I hate to further reinforce the whole Eurocentric history thing, but... I can't really see any other way to keep continuity in the story, and I'm better off starting with what I know than scrambling to understand ancient Chinese history. Because that did, you know, happen first. So, from the start, I'm going to try to format this in a way that makes it easy to listen to in order. Hopefully, this will also break it up into blocks of time that kind of belong together. I listen to podcasts on Apple, and the way that they format their app now makes it kind of a pain in the ass to listen to a show in order. Therefore, I'm going to break up the show into seasons, or chapters, of eight episodes. There will be an overview episode for each season, with 
seven episodes, in theory. This will give me some time to prepare for the next period of history I'm covering. For psychological and algorithmic reasons, I'm going to try to release a show every week with a break between seasons, which might take forever, but, you know, this stuff is complicated. I'm quickly realizing after writing most of my first season that this would be almost impossible to do well if I try to do one episode a week without breaks. I am going to try to put out stuff that doesn't really fit into our grand narrative in these breaks between seasons, though. It's worth addressing the point of controversy as well. I did some quick calculations on what might be considered offensive to someone somewhere in the course of this narrative, and the answer is absolutely positive that it's going to be everywhere. It's pretty clear that modern Western culture, at very least, is pretty good at getting offended about things, for reasons that are both good and bad. But absolutely everyone has a poorly placed toe to step on in the story of Earth. Academics, like real historians and anthropologists and scientists of all types, could take issue with all of the inevitably sloppy research I'm going to do, or any unorthodox perspective I present, and I'm going to do that all the time. People of faith, like any faith, could take issue with how their people are being represented or how the story of the world is being told. Cultures and ethnicities all have raw nerves and conflicting stories of events that are pretty important to them. Ideological groups, whether political or cultural, often view the same story in completely different ways, and there's endless ways to piss off any ideology. For example, it would be possible to make a single statement that historians dispute, while contradicting the teachings of religion, while misinterpreting the story from the nuances of an ethnic group, and is thought of as completely missing the point from one or many ideological perspectives. Once this seemingly benign statement is finished angering all of those groups, it can go on to reinforce the patriarchy, destabilize a nuclear family, and make Tom drop his coffee for personal reasons. Absolutely every subject is a massive minefield. Even the name of the show is likely to piss people off for trivializing neurodivergence. So, a disclaimer. I mean no harm to anyone in any way. I, like almost everyone else, want the world to be the best place possible, and for all the people to be treated with dignity and respect. I want the unique cultures of Earth to be able to live their lives how they see fit and to be left the hell alone while they do it, even if I totally disagree with their cultural practices. I am an imperfect human, with biases and opinions, an absurdist dark sense of humor, and a limited ability to acquire, process, and repeat information. All that said, I mean well, I really do, and I have genuine respect for nearly every life form that has ever braved the harsh realities of existing. The only living things I really have malice for are ticks, mosquitoes, and the French. Basically, every culture, religion, ethnicity, or ideology has done terrible things to people within or outside their group. History in the present is full of unspeakable brutality and injustice. Even stranger, these deeds were generally done by people who thought they were doing the right thing, however noble or twisted their reasons were. Even the bad guys are admirable sometimes, and the good ones are often detestable in some way. Even so, the past and present are also full of great deeds of goodwill. Sometimes this good is done on an epic scale that echoes through time. But it is often the everyday acts of ordinary people that keep the darkness at bay. Simple acts of kindness and love. Yeah, that is a Gandalf quote. I and everyone else have ancestors that have killed or been killed, raped and been raped, enslaved others, or been themselves made a slave. It is statistically positive that every person carries the genes of some ancestor that committed evil, was subjected to it, or stood up for good when it was needed. So, 
while we're on the subject of please don't hate me for telling historical stories, I have to mention that this will also be an uncensored show. I won't sugarcoat any of the stories of history, and they are full of violence, sexual assault, and absolute horror. Some of this stuff has made me, a grown man who has seen some pretty dark shit, cry about the tragedy of it all from time to time. History should never be sanitized. The corners should never be soft, and it should not be told in a way that tiptoes around modern sensitivities. To soften things in this way would be an insult to the people who endured the realities of their story, and those realities were almost always shockingly harsh. Also, I'm going to make some edgy jokes, so, you know, sue me. In all seriousness, I have felt pain many times while learning what people went through, how the good intentions led to tragic outcomes. I know it's real, and I can feel it in my soul. I've made a point to gaze into the abyss when I've learned these things and to understand the darkness and the light of it all. Personally, I think it's a good moral exercise to understand how I could be that evil person so that I could know evil and try not to become it. That might be one of the most important lessons of history in general. What I've learned, you know, kind of haunts me sometimes, how the ordinary men can become demons, but learning it has also made me more than what I was. I know that's all kind of a weirdly heavy point to make, but it's the truth, and I believe it's kind of something we all must confront. The Truth of the World Might Be for People 13 and Up, by my estimation. I'm not sure anyone younger would really understand it anyway, nor would they be at the age to understand the sexual themes and savagery that is sadly kind of always part of the story of mankind. This stuff doesn't really hit until you're old enough to understand yourself as part of it. All are welcome, figure it out yourself, and if some kid is listening to this, I'd like to think that it's at least better than the alternative of tentacle porn. Did I mention that twice in ten minutes? Don't think too hard about it. Anyway. History is almost always the story of bad things happening, but not because only bad things happened. This is simply because the story of the good person living a good life is really not that interesting, and it didn't have an obvious effect worth writing about. The common man who loved his family, took care of his community, and respected the world around him is forgotten to time. But the world could have been a much darker place if that hypothetical man had never lived. His wife is even more forgotten to time in spite of the fact that she influenced and inspired her husband's good decisions, and raised children who were good enough to not become historical figures. Ironically, the best people who ever lived are probably now forgotten. But, all that being said, the story of humanity on Earth is a very interesting one, especially if you're not learning it to pass a test in a school designed to make you a good factory worker or soldier. I tried to figure out the right place to start the story of humanity and all of that, and I ended up walking all the way back to the beginning of the universe. I'm not going to dwell on that, but after all, past is prologue, and there's really no part of the story of Earth that you can really tell properly without explaining how everybody got there in the first place. So, without further ado, I am Wilson King, and this is ADD History. History. 